0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to La Crosse Talk PM. I'm gonna have a, a guest on here in a minute. I hung up on him and now he's calling back. <laughs> I always do that. I hey Tom, I'm gonna go on in a minute. Just I'll put you on hold and then I hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, yeah. All right, so so we're on we're on the air. Just so, just to warn you, Tom. Uh, okay. The Tom I'm talking to, Thomas Manley. He's a he's a partnership director at the Midwest Organic Sustainable Education Service, otherwise known as Moses. Obviously, that's going down this weekend, uh, beginning on Thursday. Runs through. Does it run through Sunday?
1: It runs through the end of the day on Saturday. Saturday Our last okay. workshop ends at five thirty on Saturday. That's that's
0: how these things always. They I think back in the day they always ran through Sunday. I don't know if about Moses, but a lot of these conferences. Oh, and then by the Eventually, people got wise that you know what? Everyone leaves by noon on Sunday. Why don't we just have our Saturday night and get out of here?
1: Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time figuring out the ideal structure. This is our 31st year of having the conference, and most of those have been in lacrosse. We've been in lacrosse continuously since 2000. So we've had a little bit of practice at this and we're really kind of streamlined and condensed our schedule to, to kind of get as much content as possible uh, in those three days.
0: Yeah, and if, if for... What would you say is your target audience for Moses? Is it people that are really into farming already, or people that want to get into farming, like people that have no idea about organic farming? Where where would you, or is it just a broad spectrum?
1: It is a broad spectrum. We have we have a lot of new producers or people who are aspiring to be producers, and and obviously they want to produce in, uh, in with an organic management style. Um, Some are most are certified, I would say. Many are moving towards certification. We do have some conventional farmers, broad acre grain farmers um, that are uh, absolutely starting to move this direction. So we have content that is geared specifically toward um, folks who are transitioning from conventional production toward organic production. Um, We have everything from people growing uh, you know, a quarter of an acre of, of market garden produce to uh, guys that are farming, you know, thousands of acres in the Dakotas or Iowa or Nebraska uh, in small grains. So, I mean, it, the organic production does literally run the gamut. Um, we have grazers, dairy producers. Um, we have producers, it, 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 you know, we, we all eat a lot of different kinds of food, and it requires a lot of different kinds of farmers to, to, to provide that.
0: All right, so this this thing begins on Thursday down at the Lacrosse Center. If nobody saw the story on our Wisdom News website, parking is free for the weekend because you guys uh, you guys have 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 you've been given that benefit. How nice is that for you guys? Uh, just because you're there all weekend, you're working the, this thing, and and uh, the city has been nice enough to to grant you that that benefit.
1: They they are. It's why we're in Lacrosse and why we've been there for so long, and why we have no intention just of, for free of leaving. parking. Thomas you just no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no it's just uh, you know that's an example of the um, just some of the partnerships that that we've been able to to create over the years and the you know the lacrosse center is their staff is wonderful they 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 make this they make this as easy as it can be i mean it's always hard planning an event like this you know when you're you got 3000 people and you you need to meet their needs and you need to feed them 11 meals over those 3 days so there's lots to do but um, the lacrosse Center, they're they're a fantastic partner, and it's a big part of why we're why we're in Lacrosse every year. The Conventioner and Visitors Bureau explore lacrosse, um all the hotels. all the hotels make make re, uh, special rates available to our attendees. Um, it's they they just they they make it easy for us to come back year after year. And then, you know, and then we have partnerships with with sponsoring organizations and businesses in the area who, um, like Lacrosse Distilling, they 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 sponsor a buy, the buy a farmer a drink promo that we do on our Friday night party during the conference. Uh, People's Co-op is uh, it's a co-op grocery in in Lacrosse. They have a location in Rochester as well. They're great folks. They always they, they help us with our catering needs. They help us with our food procurement needs. Uh, they've been there for a long, long time. So anybody who's thinking about becoming a co-op member, that is the place to go.
0: Now, where do um, you, where do all you hippies go after the 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 farming conference on, like, say, Friday night or Thursday night? Do you do you all hit one of the bars, or do you just you, do you hit the town? and hit them we
1: all. do we we do we we you know all of our attendees spread out and 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 enjoy the, the you know everything lacrosse has to offer i mean the, the fact is you you have a number of excellent breweries you have lacrosse distilling company you have an, all kinds of wonderful food close by and you know I, I go up the street to the bodega there's i mean there's any number of good good options uh, you know the um, there's, there's a brewery right across the street from us. And anybody who's coming to town for our conference is going to have no shortage of good food and drink and, and, and wonderful people. I mean, the fact is lacrosse is just a great town. And if you can't have a good time in lacrosse, you just don't know how to, how to have a good time.
0: Now we're talking with Thomas man, partnership director with the, uh, with Moses, the organic farming conferences this weekend. It begins Thursday. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, quick, but Thomas, uh, you know, obviously, for, for people that aren't super-duper serious about organic farming at this point, and they but they're kind of interested, Thursday night, you're, you're doing the the, the the best thing for those people happens on Thursday night, right?
1: It is. Anybody who wants to join us on Thursday night, for our, it's our kickoff festivities. The exhibit hall opens at 5 o'clock and is open from 5 to 8. Uh, we have our, uh, our kickoff party and our award ceremony for the Farmer of the Year and for our Changemaker Awards. And then we roll right into music with uh, La Crosse's own Slow No Wake. Uh, we have a bar. We have drink specials on organic cocktails and beer and cider. Um, and it's $25 to join us for the whole evening from 5 to 11. And you even have the opportunity to save $5 if you go and visit People's Co-op, Lacrosse Distilling Company, um, or any, uh, our other new partner is new beginnings hair studio, which is actually owned by one of the gentlemen, Jesse Gomez, uh, in, in slow, no wake. And they were kind enough to distribute some $5 off coupons for us as well. So any one of those three locations, you can stop in and save five bucks. And it's just an easy way to come and experience all the positive energy in the building and get a sense of, of who we are as an organization and, and what we're trying to do.
0: On top of that, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but I think people would be really interested. There's some unique drinks, right? To be had there, maybe some food too.
1: Oh, for sure. I, uh, food is uh, definitely part of our brand. It, it is probably the—it's one of the things we spend the most time on preparing. All—all all of the food is organic and, and locally sourced. Most of it is donated uh, through some, you know, sponsor. Uh, organic Valley uh, is a, a, a very—they've crit- always been a critical partner in our event. But in terms of food procurement, they—they're—they're they're essential to our ability to feed that many people food of, of the, the, you know, the high-quality the high standard that we've set over the years. So, I mean, anybody who joins us for the conference, um, they, they never go home hungry. And, and with the we always feature organic cocktails, organic wine, organic cider, and much of it comes from, from farmers that are in the building, people that we work with all the time and, um, you know, and have field days at their farm uh, throughout the year. We feature them in articles in our, our organic broadcaster newspaper, um, so we're really – we're about we're about building community as much as we are anything else because that's what it's going to take to to make the ch- changes in agriculture we need to make.
0: All right. Thomas Manley with the Moses Organic Farming Conference happening this weekend. We're going to get into some nitty-gritty here after in the news. I, you know, a couple of the things I put down, I jotted down, climate change, flooding, soil quality, meat – so, those are just kind of some of the issues we can get to, along with talking a little bit more uh, specifically about the organic farming conference at the Lacrosse Center beginning Thursday. All right, we're going to be back with news. We're going to be back after the news on Wisdom right after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to shoot me a text, 608 785 7914, the Sugar Loaf Ford Talking Text Line. You want to get in here. Thomas Manley is nice enough to spend the hour with me, or maybe I'm nice enough to spend the hour with him as he's promoting the Moses Organic Farming Conference. This is something I love, but I'm going to pick your brain a little bit, Thomas. on... Is it Tom or Thomas? I guess I never. Tom is just fine. Tom, yeah, because mine's Richard, but I, I don't. Nobody's calling me Richard. Some people call me Dick, but that's only when I'm being a jerk on the <laughs> volleyball court. Um, all right, so you know, obviously Moses happening this weekend, beginning Thursday. You mentioned it, a kickoff special, five to eleven p.m., twenty-five bucks, or you know, get on your website and find the sponsors right to uh, get a five-dollar off coupon. So,
1: yep, and you can, like I said, Lacrosse La Distilling Company, People's Food Co-op, and New Beginnings Hair Studio, right there in town. Any of them have have coupons, and 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 you can save five bucks and. You know, whatever it takes, come on down and see us Thursday night because I, I think once you start to, um, you know, you, you meet the people in the Moses community and you, and you understand how much positive energy is there is in that building, you might just be interested in joining us for all the content.
0: Yes, join our cult. <laughs> uh, all right, so there's a farming is a big issue right now, and I didn't even talk to you. The you know we talked for just a minute before the show, and I, I picked your brain about a little bit of you know generally about some stuff, but you know I did forget to ask you know uh, if you wanted to go into uh, how, how farming is being affected by trade deals, and you know I don't know if that's an organic farming thing or just farming in general, but you know there's oh. there's tariffs and trade trade and then NAFTA or whatever it's turned into now. And I don't know, do you, do you want to get into that a little bit? Or, or is I that-
1: could, I'm happy to talk about that. I mean, I, I, I don't, would never pretend to be an expert on farm economy issues, but I do know a lot of farmers and I am a farmer. And I know that the, the farm economy has, uh, it, it, there are a few times in our history where it's been worse than it is right now. And I know that any of your listeners who are producers, and it really doesn't matter if they're dairy producers or they're grain producers, they're 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 feeling it. They're pinched on. They're pinched from every possible angle. They they their costs of production more often than not uh, exceed their the price that they can get for their product. This is especially true for for dairy farmers, and some of the the very same issues that created the problems in conventional dairy have. Uh, carried over into organic production. And so there are a lot of organic producers that are starting to be, you know, economically impacted in ways that they really haven't been before. Um, so there are really some some deeply rooted systemic issues uh, in the whole farm economy that are absolutely impacting producers everywhere, not just producers right there in the drift list, but, um, you know, throughout America. And it, it is something that we... it, it it needs to become a priority for us uh, at the national level and we need to actually start write, writing farm bills for farmers and and not necessarily just for the for the farm industry as it exists right now
0: now we see over and over again a billion dollar bailout a billion dollar bailout it's happened multiple times with the administration going on right now and and it, like we're not going to care you know, me as a non-farmer, I just go to the grocery store and buy, in, you know, whatever's, you know, I'm not like a big organic guy at this point because I just, like, it's cheaper to go the other route. And uh, we're not going to care until all that stuff starts getting more and more expensive. Do you see that happening soon or down the road or not at all? Or
1: um, I, Well, I think that there are artificial mechanisms in place and subsidies to to reduce the cost of food to an unsustainable level. I mean, the fact is our food, is, our food in America is too cheap. And it's and it's because of the, as a culture we haven't made it as important as it needs to be. If we want to change the the if we want to change the farming landscape and we want to change agriculture, we have we have responsibilities as consumers to put our money behind the kind of change that we want to see. Uh, and you know, it, as important as the organic label is and buying organic, it, it, that's critically important. It it sort of goes beyond that. I mean, it it, goes, it You need to be supporting the producers around you because that money stays right there in your local economy and doesn't just improve situations for those farmers on the ground in your, in your place, but they, it improves the the situation, the economic situation for everybody who's in business around there. Those, those dollars recirculate through the community. And if, if all of our food dollars are going to big ag, then that money is being systematically exported out of our communities, And it's a huge part of why rural America is, is, experiencing the things that that they are it it you know these 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 problems are all connected they don't exist in a in a vacuum the 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 problems that farmers face right now um are 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 the reasons that our rural communities are 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 dying that they're drying up and blowing away and that are that our local schools and rural communities can't continue to fund themselves properly and why why people are so inclined to leave and go other places i mean it it all comes down to what we eat and how we eat and who we buy it from. And if we want to rebuild and revitalize those rural communities, we have to change, not only change the way we farm, but we have to change the way we eat.
0: Yeah, I would say our rural communities are, are floating away in floods instead of drying up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> those, those, those are I can, I can talk about how that's related. I mean, the, the, the fact is... Uh, we, we have seen a massive uh, uh, increase in the amount and severity of flooding. And, and that's true everywhere, in every, in every river system, in every watershed uh, across the upper Midwest. And, you know, every, every two years we have a 100-year flood. And that is, that is directly related to the ways in which we farm and the changes we've made to the landscape. We've, we've interrupted the natural cycle and the ability for water to be, to be held high on the landscape. And so every time we, we, we go through this constant shift from drought to flood, drought to flood, because our soils are no longer have the capacity to infiltrate and hold that water. And that has everything to do with the, the ways in which we're farming them, the things we're growing on them, some of the ground that we're choosing to farm that maybe shouldn't be farmed in that particular manner. Uh, and these, these kinds of things are absolutely critical in the drift because the drift is a unique landscape and it's it's, it's a it's a it's a tender one it's a it's a it's a it's one that can be easily damaged through just even short-term uh, bad management practices and so that it, that's why it you know it that's why in part there are so many organic producers there is because they knew how important it was to farm in that in that way to keep the soil and keep the water on the landscape where it belongs and not you know flowing through the river or down Main Street um, so that's you have a. You, there are a lot of uh, forward-thinking producers in and around the Driftless uh, who are, you know, they they understand these issues every bit as well or better than I do.
0: Do you? Do you, And obviously, you guys must. This must be like a seminar you guys do this weekend, huh? There must be two or three of these happening, you know, in in some conference room, right?
1: Well, we actually have, we, on Thursday, starting, uh, it, at, uh, first thing in the morning at 9 a.m. on Thursday, we have what we call our organic universities. And there are 10 different classes, uh, all day classes that really dive deep into, uh, any particular production issue. So we have, we have, uh, a class on, you know, successful organic tree fruit production and another one on, uh, rotations for reducing tillage and improving your resilience and, uh, one's for managing grazing for a healthier herd. So we have, we have 10 different classes that really dive deep into, like, a particular subject matter. That happens throughout the day on Thursday until 5 o'clock when we have the actual conference kickoff. And then all day Friday and Saturday we have 60 different 90-minute workshops over the two days. So there we cover a lot of ground. And, um, and we, I mean, we spend a tremendous amount of time on this, our, our, our presentation coordinator and our whole staff. Um, have input uh, to to um, really really make sure that our content is absolutely top shelf. So we have content about business and marketing issues, uh, certification and labeling if people are interested in, tra- in transitioning toward uh, certified organic production, um, on any number of different farming systems and field crops. We have some health and homesteading uh, classes, so we, like, for, for people who aren't necessarily farmers but are, you know, producers in their own garden or are, you know, they're they're canning. They're 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 concerned about the, you know the about farming and its impacts on human health. We have we have programming related to all of those topics, um, and we have livestock production, and then we have some, some programming that I think is really critically important, and it's not something you see in a lot of conferences like this. Um, it, if we're going to change our food system in all of the ways that we, we need to, then it really has to include discussions about social, economic, and environmental justice, and that includes. Taught, um, addressing the economic injustices that farmers of all kinds face all the time, um, and so it's it's really it's important that we that we recognize those things that we make them a part of the content and that we di- that we discuss it. So we do have we have six six of those sixty workshops are specifically about leadership and community issues um, and social and economic justice issues related to to food production.
0: All right, we're talking with Thomas Man Tom Manley. Sorry. Tom Hanley, uh, partner director at Moses Organic Farming Conference, it's happening this weekend beginning Thursday morning, as you heard. Uh, Thursday night, though, they've got a a kickoff at from 5 to 11 p.m. Uh, for those that are maybe just want to see what Moses is all about, but don't actually want to commit to a whole weekend's worth of uh, exciting 90-minute workshops, <laughs> I think some people are probably put off by that, but other people are probably like, yes, give me it all. Um, twenty five bucks. Uh, you can get a five dollar off coupon. Let me see if I got the the co op, the 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 people's co op in downtown
1: yep. People's and food co op, lacrosse distilling, which is stealing. just yep. r- literally a block a block right up the street from the lacrosse center where we're going to be. Yeah, right across um, the road from then, us, actually. Yep. What's that now?
0: Right across ro- the road from me, actually, Tom. Y-
1: yeah, they're 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 awesome. I don't know if you've ever been in there, but we're we're thrilled that they are a partner now and a sponsor, and uh, they they're they're buying they're buying organic grain from local producers from local farmers right there in the driftless and turning it into a really high quality product and the, you know that's that's how we build these resilient local economies is through through that you know by supporting businesses like that that make a really high quality product with things that come right from from your community and that money stays in the community and just keeps recirculating through the other businesses sure.
0: All right, Tom, we'll be back. Uh, we'll continue this discussion after Scott's comment in the news. We'll be back on Wism after this. Okay. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line, 608-785-7914. Tom Manley, partnership director, Moses Organic Farming Conference, happening this weekend. Uh. The, for the for the lay person, I, th- I think is maybe a, a good way to call that person. For the everyday person that wants to check out what Moses is about, uh, Thursday night they're having a kickoff uh, from five to eleven p.m. It's a little bit of a party afterwards, but there's there's some nitty gritty going on too, right, Tom? Yep.
1: We have a we, the exhibit hall is open from five to eight that night. We have 172 different exhibitors with all kinds of products and services, many of which are, are of, of value to conventional farmers, not just organic producers. We have seed suppliers. We have equipment manufacturers and dealers. We have uh, you, anything you can imagine. Uh, we, we have a person who makes bat houses specifically. We oh, I have, talk,
0: No, I talked um, to her last year. She was in a bat costume, literally. It was pretty funny. Yes,
1: yeah, she's great. She's there every single year. But we have 172 unique exhibitors all of whom have something of value to offer.
0: Yeah, and that takes place Thursday night, 5 to 11 p.m., 25 bucks for a ticket. Otherwise, hit the People's Food Co-op or Lacrosse Distillery, or uh, there was one other one for a $5 off coupon.
1: New Beginnings Hair Studio, uh, the, the lead singer of the, uh, Slow No Wake, the band yeah. that will be joining us that night. They he they, uh, He's one of the owners of the hair studio, and they agreed to have some there too. So. Okay. And they're super nice people, so stop by, say hi to them, and, and grab a coupon.
0: All right, Tom, we're getting a call here, so I'm going to take it. I, I, they're, they're probably going to have a question for you, so hold, hold tight here. You're just going to have to listen. Uh, all right, caller, who is this? You're on the air. Oh, this is Dean from Olman Hey, Dean, do you got a question for Tom at Moses? Yep, I sure do. Okay, go ahead. You guys are on. All right. Go ahead right now yeah you're on the air <laughs>
1: okay
0: you can ask him right now dean uh, yeah this
1: yeah
0: all right never yeah. mind <laughs> i guess i guess a uh, little miscommunication there i don't know what i did wrong tom i think that was your fault i'm just going to blame you <laughs> okay <laughs> hey you guys if, you said this you have, three, called- you have three you have 3000 people at Moses this weekend. And Dean call back. I'll put you on the air right away. We could you can ask Tom your question. I, I know I have another texter that asks a good question too, but you have 3000 people that work at Moses over the weekend? Is that what you said?
1: Oh, no, no. We have uh, 3000 attendees. Okay. I mean, we've had in the last probably for the last 12 or 13 years anywhere from 2800 to 3600 in any given year. Uh 3000 is always a pretty good guess for for what to expect. Um that uh, yeah, so that's the num- that's the number of people who come into come to enjoy and join us as attendees for the conference.
0: Okay, because you said three thousand people, eleven meals. I was thinking like, okay, thirty three thousand meals. That's a lot of meals,
1: <laughs> yeah. we, we, the, the serving that you know, we we there's a big dining hall there, and uh, the we the catering staff at the at the Radisson um, for years has helped us with our menus, and they do all of that food prep, and it's always absolutely top top notch, and so. Like I said, nobody goes hungry if they join us for the conference.
0: I know. Last year I got a credential, and then I, I snuck in there, but I didn't steal any free, well, quote-unquote, free food because I, I thought I'd get in trouble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's food everywhere. There's snack tables out. We got
0: I know, I mean, was... Organic
1: Valley and Organic Prairie. They donate so much stuff, so there's cheese. on. There's wonderful Organic Valley cheese on all the tables.
0: You don't know how how, how tough it was for me not to just be like, hey, with wisdom, I'm just here to I'm just and then grab a plate and start piling it on. Um, all right, Dean's calling back, so we'll try this again. Dean, you're on the air with Tom. Go ahead. You got a question?
1: Oh, okay. I'll ask him right now. They're still talking. I'll ask him right now. Yeah, who's the keynote speaker? Uh, we actually have two of them. Uh, Leah Peniman uh, is is our keynote on Friday, and John Eichert is our keynote on Saturday. Um, Leah, Leah is an author, and she, she's she's a, a, a wonderful presenter, and she's um, she's talking okay. about. She wrote a book called Farming Well Black. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about some social uh, and economic uh, justice issues. Uh, that is that is something that she highlights in all of her work. Uh, John Eichert is an economist and an educator and an author. Uh, he writes about family scale farms and he advocates for them, uh, and he works to protect and renew natural ecosystems and nurture communities. Um, but he does it through an economic lens. so he looks at the at the economic issues that are impacting uh, agricultural producers. All right. oh, I see All right. why don't why not? you could probably eliminate the whole crowd and just get you know, Mike Bloomberg. He can teach anybody to be a farmer we, yeah we, we are an apolitical organization we 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 are we're a big tent and we invite we're, we're inviting all political stripes because the the, the fact is we, we all have we, we are all facing the same issues. We're all facing the same problems and we all eat. So we are we, we do our absolute best to remain completely apolitical and invite everyone to the table.
0: All right, Tom, one more caller. Uh, good luck with this one. Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air.
1: Yeah, is coronavirus going to affect your operations at all? I mean, it's, it's in Wisconsin now. There was a graph on TV, so it is in Wisconsin. All right. Thanks, yeah, Eric. It, we're aware that there, are, there was at least one and possibly two confirmed cases. It, um, it, it isn't impacting our events any more than I think it is any other events in Wisconsin. Um, it's, you know, in any given year, you know, we, there's, there might be, you know, some folks that join us with the flu. Uh, I guess that you know, in in our discussions, we're treating it pretty much largely the same way.
0: A graphic on TV, Tom. It was a graphic on TV. All right, we'll move on. So the, the question that that a, a texter, Rudy, texted it in, and you you mentioned this before, and you, you know maybe I should have I should have went at you at, at this a little bit, but and I, it was kind of interesting. Good question from Rudy. What are some of the social and economic injustices that farmers face? You had mentioned that before the break. Uh, Rudy says that seems like an odd statement, that farmers would face social and economic injustices.
1: Well, I guess it depends on the farmer. Uh, maybe not all farmers uh, feel that they're, they're dealing with those issues, but I can say this, that Wisconsin has lost 40% of our dairy farms in the last decade. So clearly there's something going on. I think that those farmers who were forced to close their dairies and, and those herds uh, were ultimately consolidated into larger and larger producers, I think that they would probably argue that, yes, they did face some some economic injustices in the marketplace that ultimately led to their farm closures. So I, I think you don't have to look too far for producers who I think would uh, be willing to argue that point. And, and as far as social injustices, I mean, it, it, you know, this is... I don't want to get too far down this topic because I know that it has the potential to to rub some people the wrong way. But well, we have, the, we facts have... are, the facts are the facts, and um, there there are farmers of color who have been systemically discriminated against, and it's absolutely it's something that needs to be addressed and, and is being addressed. Um, but you know, the the fact is, I would argue that 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 um, you know a. a a farmer in Middle America, you know, farming conventionally, who looks like what most people think that farmer looks like, is facing many of the same issues uh, as as farmers of color are facing um, in terms of the the economic landscape. And so, I think we all have way more in common than than we have um, you know differences. And the, the the fact is, you know that again, we need to we need to start writing farm bills for for farmers again, and you know, this is not, this is not a, uh, an anti-big ag rant. That's not it at all. I mean, the fact is there, there, there's a place in the landscape for, for large companies, um, and particularly those who clearly have, have seen that something needs to change. So I, I'm, I'm talking about maybe the, the General Mills or the anheuser Bushes of the world who are, are starting to incentivize, uh, you know, changing production models and, and moving toward something that's a little closer to the kinds of models that we've been advocating for for a long time. And, and, we, and we welcome those voices to the table. This isn't just about being anti-big ag. It's, it's specifically talking about better ways to farm. And this isn't, this isn't about pointing fingers at bad guys. It's just about all of us, you know, working with positive energy and taking positive an- action to, to initiate positive change. And that's really what we, we we try to focus on as an organization. We try to come ev- add everything through that um, through that you know lens of positivity. Um, and you know sometimes it's necessary that to, to to call out the things that are out there because they're real. Um, but you, we don't you don't want to dwell in that dark place. It's you know you, you need to just as quickly pivot to the solutions that exist and and how those and how those impact people, how those impact producers, and ultimately the, the consumers who are buying food from them.
0: All right. We're talking with Thomas Manley, Partner, partnership director at Moses Organic Farming Conference, having this weekend. Tom, somebody somebody texted in. Beck texted in. Uh, you mentioned 40% of dairy farms uh, are, are gone or disappearing. However you put that number, you can, you can adjust my statement in a second. But she texted it's Roughly
1: forty percent in the last decade.
0: Okay, and and this is her text right, to, uh, just to that. The average age of Wisconsin dairy farmer is sixty-two. The majority left farming in the last decade because of retirement. Is that? Well, how would you how would you say it to that?
1: I think that that probably has is playing some role, but I I would ask why are they not being replaced by young farmers? What what are the systemic issues that are in place that are preventing people from taking over that farm or moving into the or or. Or seeing an, as some incentive to move into that lifestyle, so I, I think that yeah there 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 are farmers that are aging out, um, but that that does not that absolutely does not account for the losses we've seen.
0: Yeah, and then you know I think a, a young per- person looks at us being a small dairy farmer, they probably can't sustain a living that way, right? they can't compete with the big the bigwigs essentially.
1: It's well. It's a, it's the cost of getting in. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, the fact is, you know, to own land and own equipment and own a herd is, you know, that's that's a lot of, uh, you know, that's some, a lot of debt to service. And then when you you couple that with milk prices that don't really even cover your cost of production, um, then yeah, it becomes it becomes prohibitively difficult for people who want to pursue that lifestyle to to do so. And you know, and the and and what that ultimately ends up, what we end up with is we end up with with larger and larger confinement, uh, livestock operations and, you know, and, and communities that are disappearing, you know, I, and this is, this is maybe me talking more than it's, than it, you know, than, than, than Moses. This mm-hmm. is, I, I want, this is something I want personally. I want to see a, a whole bunch of 40 and 50 cow dairies on the landscape again. I, cause I, and I think we all want that. I think that there's a part of us that, that, you know, you listen to people talk about how great things used to be in, in whatever township you might be in, 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 you know, in the upper Midwest or, or around La Crosse, you hear the old timers talk about, about the old days and why they were better. And so much of that was the community that was created by having a lot of small producers, you know, in in the community And, 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 and working together to, to improve their community. And they were feeding one another. They were buying food from the people around them. We were growing food more than we were growing commodities. And I think, it, it, you know, and I and, you know, a lot of people think that that is a, an insurmountable uh, you know, hurdle to get back to that place. But I think that we solve a lot of problems if, if we if we do just in terms of in, in terms of, of rural economic health and in saving communities and giving our young people a lot of options to, to stay on the farm or close to home. Um, you know, we can't all move to cities and have 1% of the population producing all of the food. That's how we got to the place where we are. So we need to engage more producers, young producers, people, people switching careers, midlife. I mean, that's kind of how I came at it. I, I, I was in business in the twin cities for 22 years before I decided I wanted to own land and, and start farming. And so I, I, I I I think that we have to find ways to incentivize some of those moves and, and get more producers back on the landscape.
0: I think if you want to, if I argue, not, I don't really argue, but like when you talk about small farms and, you know, getting rid of the the giant corporate farm type model and having many small farms, but the idea of dairy farms and, and just, you know, like the cow in general or animals, animal agriculture in general is where, you know, when, when it comes to like people starving around the world and, and sustainability Uh, we're, we're using all this land and all these crops to feed our food essentially. So is, is there a model there where we need to like scale back the whole, and I know we have like five minutes to talk about this, but scale back the whole meat industry, the whole dairy industry a little bit and start using land for food for humans, as opposed for animals.
1: I, I I I will do my best to sum this up as quickly as possible in five minutes. Because Here, no, uh, this is a discussion that could take five Tom, days. Tom, let that, me
0: let me let me let you stew on that. This will be a great okay. tease. We're going to come back in two minutes, and we'll we'll give you five to talk about. It. Excellent. Thank All right, you. we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We're speaking with Thomas Manley, partnership director at Moses Organic, and we're not going to have any time to answer these questions. Uh, because we got like two three minutes left in the show but Joe Joe is called Joe's called in just to want wanted to bring that up and um I might have just hung up on Tom so Tom I have to call me back because <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one phone one phone line but Joe you you talked about uh what I you you mentioned what I had said about you know using all the land to feed the animals instead of the people you, and you want I don't know if you want to argue with me or agree with me about that oh man now got but anyway, Hi, Tom, I, I'm sorry I hung up on you, and now I hung up on Joe. But Joe, Joe had mentioned, you know, the, my statement about using land to, to, uh, you know, feed people as opposed to animals, and and you know that's where we left it. With you, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I and we can do we can absolutely do both. It's not there's a lot of talk about you know meat is bad or and and really kind of framing it in these black and white sort of um, you know context. The the fact is it's not. It's not the cow, it's, it's the how. It is, it's, it's how we're raising that animal, what we're feeding that animal. It, it, is, it, it has been clearly demonstrated, and the research is there, that when you raise cows in a manner that mimics the way they would in, that a, a large ruminant would engage with its environment, that you actually not only produce healthier animals, that you produce healthier soil, and you improve the soil's ability to sequester carbon. It is a it is a net carbon sink. So the problem is not that we have animal agriculture and that we consume animal products. The problem is the manner in which we raise those products. And I know that there's I, I, I know a lot of vegans and a lot of vegetarians respect their position. I was I was a vegetarian a long long time ago myself. But the the, the fact is I I I have a very difficult time believing that you know that. That the animals are the problem. The animals are the, are the most natural thing in the, in the system. The problem is the fact that we we kill the ground, we plant the crop that feeds the animal, and then we confine the animal and bring the food to them. Right. That's where the, that's where the carbon emission problems come from, and the inability for the landscape to sequester the carbon.
0: All right, Tom. That's all the time we have. If you get time over the next couple of days, you know, after the conference or maybe after the conference, we can we can wrap it up next week. But um, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, thank you, Rick. I'm happy to talk to you anytime.
0: All right, that's Tom Man- Tom Manley uh, with Moses. We're we're done. We got to go. Uh, see you tomorrow, guys.